The Chargers are hoping they found a new backup to Austin Echo with their fourth-round pick Isaiah Spiller. And on today's show, we're bringing on Texas A&M expert Kay Nagui to talk about the Chargers' new RB2. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, but we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen. And as always, to make sure you don't miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, on today's show, we have a very special guest because we're bringing on Texas A&M's Kay Nagley, who covers the Texas A&M Aggies and is a very close up and you know, personal view of Isaiah Spiller covering him all last season. So we're going to talk about the Chargers newest RB tuber, who we think it's going to be behind Austin Eckler and talk about what he was like playing where his dad went to college. Him and his dad both went to Texas A&M. We'll talk about what makes him special on the field and all the things he brought to the table for that Texas A&M offense, which was dealing with a lot, we found out, and he was kind of powering the whole thing and talk about all of the different parts of Isaiah Spiller's game. But to wrap up the show, we're going to talk about all of the Chargers' best rookie running back seasons. I think you guys will be very familiar with the name that ends up being the number one best running back season of all time, but I think there's a couple on there. That will surprise you. But, David, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. But here she is, Kay Nagley. All right, guys. Well, on today's show, we have a very special guest that we told you guys about. It's Kay Nagley, who's the co head sports editor for Battalion Sports, the independent student voice of Texas AM since 1893. And she's on the show today to talk about. Isaiah Spiller, the Chargers' new RB2. I know everyone's very, very excited about him. A steal in the fourth round for the Chargers. But, Kay, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about some Isaiah Spiller today. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the SEC is such a crazy landscape and is basically taking over as the superpower in college football. And Isaiah Spiller has done some crazy things at that level, starting all three years, leading the team and rushing every single year. But when you're talking to people who haven't got to watch him play every game like you did last season, how would you describe Isaiah Spiller's game to people? Um, He's a very, I wouldn't say he's a long run kind of guy. He's a more, he likes to use the field side to side. He, you know, he'll get you those good five yard runs when you need him, the the third and short, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say he's a big like rush for 300 yards kind sure. of player. He's not a big flashy guy, but he does what he needs to do and he does it well, especially in the SEC and um, AM's rush heavy offense. He was, he stood out every, almost every single year. So, yeah, I mean, that's fantastic. Charger fans are definitely really excited uh, about his game and what he brings to the table. But I mean, Isaiah Spiller is not the only Spiller that uh, attended Texas AM. His father actually also, uh, you know, attended Texas AM, played tight end. Um, and until unfortunately an injury ended his playing career. Um, can you kind of talk a little bit about um, that Spiller legacy at Texas A&M and kind of that, that special bond between Isaiah and his father, Fred? 
Yeah, my one of my co-editors did a did a feature on them and got to know a lot about the them in general. He actually was committed to play at OU um, until A and M hired Jimbo Fisher, and his dad did a little convincing, and you know he was like, <laughs> "Yeah, hey, I'll go for A and M." So yeah, just throughout his career, his dad has been just from a different perspective his biggest fan. He's always on Twitter. He's always <laughs> just trying to boost his career in every way possible. He's at every game. I mean, you see him on every sideline. He's just always has been his number one fan, and like the bond that they have and how it revolves around A and M has been so cool to watch. And I know a ton of A and M fans just absolutely love it, and I'm sure they're gonna enjoy him playing for the Chargers as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, crazy, too, that his career got cut so short. You wonder what it would be like today, you know, with all the advancements in medical technology and all of that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, definitely talked his son into going to play at his alma mater. Maybe there will be a third spiller in the mix at some point. But such a cool story, too. And then not only to go where your dad played, but, like, to be a better player than your dad at his own college, right? To be the one that everyone's talking about after you're done and totally unseating your dad. But sounds like his dad's pretty cool with that. But one of the things that is specific to the Chargers is they pretty much write off every player that has any kind of red flags, right? The only team in the NFL that hasn't had a player arrested over the last five years. But everything that you hear about Isaiah Spiller and his character seems like he checks all the boxes there. So I know a lot of you know fans have watched the highlights and all of those things. But what can you tell us about Isaiah Spiller and how he's handled himself off the field? Yeah, absolutely. I personally think every per- player that comes out of a for se is just a great human all around. That's Yeah, no bias there at all. Huh? The, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the traditions at A&M just make you a better person in personal opinion. And that Isaiah Spiller is just a class act. He's a yes sir, no sir kind of guy still to this. He would walk into press conferences and just, yes sir, no sir. Like every single answer, you could tell he's raised right and by a father that also had a lot of a and morals so he's sure. honestly just a kid that is so thankful for the opportunities that he's given and he doesn't complain and he just does what he needs to do um and it really reflects on the field and off he's just a great guy all around so seems like he's gonna fit right in with the rest of the chargers here and we're definitely excited to watch him here but i mean he was one of the best running backs in college football the last two seasons were you kind of a little surprised that he was the ninth running back taken in this year's draft. Yeah, that came as a surprise to a lot of AM fans. I think it was more um, he just didn't, you know, he wasn't uh, his 40 time wasn't great. Right. Um, he was, you know, seen as a little bit slower. But I think that comes of more of a thing is if you watch him play, you know, he's a guy that's going to go get those those five yard type runs that sometimes you need more than a breakout style 100 our, our devon a- or devon a chain was our backup behind spiller and he kind of breathed down his neck a little bit and you know pressured him because i would say a chain is more of that fast type explosive guy, guy sure yes, exactly so i really think that nfl maybe just was looking for some of those kind of guys more and you know kind of just got overlooked so yeah i mean i could see that there's a lot of times where like you're looking for those explosive traits and he's not the guy that's going to run the blazing 40 time and that's not necessarily i mean yeah every team can use that but for the Chargers specifically to just have a dependable back that you know is going to get you those five yards because she's saying this you know he'll get you five yards well we have to remember the chargers backup running backs all you know both averaged in the twos last season as far as yards per carry so just to even if you tell me that there's a running back coming off the chargers bench that's going to average five yards per carry 
sign me up for that right away. Like, I mean, and excels in short yarded situations. And, you know, for Austin Eckler, especially taking a little bit of the workload off of him to have somebody like Isaiah Spiller go in there and do the dirty work that they need to get done, I think is going to be big for the Chargers. But I want to talk to you about something that's specific to Texas A&M, and that is just the atmosphere when you're playing there, right? Because College Station, right, you have all the different things they have going on. And the Chargers have taken a lot of flack for their fan base in particular, so he's not going to get that same kind of atmosphere. But what can you tell us just about the bright lights of College Station, how it is there, the atmosphere there, when these big games are coming down? Because are going down because, I mean, my fiance and her dad are both Texas A&M fans and have gone to the games and done all the traditions with the 12th man, right? The original 12th man, are we are we saying that belongs to Texas A&M? Okay, we'll say that. But what is it just like when those big games are going down? It's, it's indescribable, honestly. I mean, I've been there as a fan. I've been there as a reporter. I've, I've grown up in Aggie, so little biased, but it's, there's nothing like it. I mean, that, the A&M Bama game this past year, the, the, you couldn't hear anything. It, it was absolutely like the press box was rattling. Like it was just absolute chaos. And there is nothing like SEC football, specifically at Kyle Field. And I stand by that. And I truly believe that. And I don't think there's a better environment in college football. And the fact that Spiller was kind of just not created, but just that he just had that environment behind him i mean there is nothing better and he was very loved in that stadium and well living up to those bright lights too right because i mean you go in that stadium with all those people in there that place is rocking where they got cowbells going right a bunch of crazy stuff like that so like i mean that's you're performing under the brightest of lights in the biggest of conferences in college football absolutely i think it prepares you for the next level as well when you have that many you have a hundred thousand fans to your back and it's you know it you can't hear anything you can barely hear your coaches i mean <laughs> it's one of the greatest fan bases in college football and i know spiller and his dad love it so yeah i mean and it's obviously a little bit different at the next level of course but like when you've done it on that stage right when you beat the titan that is alabama and you do those things and you're coming up big for your team in those moments i mean that definitely is going to forge kind of a temperament in you right to be ready when that when your name is called upon at the next level and he's going to be called upon a lot as a rookie even because i think we both agree that he's going to have a big role for the chargers next season stepping in as their main backup running back behind i behind austin eckler but coming up after this, we'll talk about a little bit more of his game, his very well-rounded game, talk about some of his best games at Texas A&M, and playing against big-time SEC defenses and having you know guys like Jordan Davis running at you. And we're going to get into that with Kay Nagley coming up right after this. Well, we're sitting here talking about Isaiah Spiller as RB2, but maybe he's the future RB1. But if you guys have any future bets you want to place about the Chargers, you can do it at one place and one place only. That's betonline.net, the best place to find all of your betting needs. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, including the finals, Warriors, Celtics. It's going to be nuts. And even next season's NFL futures. But BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. And right now, it's just a great time to be betting on sports, especially when football is not happening. The one thing that makes all sports better is having some action on it. And BetOnline makes it fun. That's one of the things I love. About him, you can change your fate with live in game betting. You have so many different kind of props and fun things to bet on as well. So make sure you guys head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action today at Bet Online, where the game starts. 
All right, guys, we are back here with Kay Nagley, our Texas A&M expert. She's the co-head sports editor for Battalion Sports, the independent student voice of Texas A&M since 1893. It's so long ago. It's like hard for me to even fathom how long ago that is. But we're talking Isaiah Spiller, the Chargers' fourth round pick, and he's coming in. And we expect big things from him, which we'll get to at the end of the show and some of the biggest Chargers rookie running back seasons. But we have more questions here. 4K, who's been very gracious to give us her time today. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was that SEC that he played in, right? Because I was talking about it before, now you have teams like Oklahoma and Texas, right? Moving into the SEC, it's just going to be some huge superpower. And it already was, right? You look at the teams in the national championship game, you got Georgia, you got Alabama. And these are the teams that Isaiah Spiller has played over the last couple of years. And one of the things I've talked about with him is it's like, yeah, you can compare him to these other running backs from different conferences, those dudes aren't all going up against the same defenses that Isaiah Spiller is in the SEC. So how do you much do you think that kind of helps getting to go against those big giant Georgia defenses or all of the talent that Alabama has just been sending through like a you know manufacturer over these last 15 years? How much do you think that's going to help him going up to the next level, going up against better athletes and stuff when he's already faced teams like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at Anim's schedule, and these type of NFL-bound players are a weekly occurrence. On oh, yeah. So when he's going up against the, the, you know, we didn't play Georgia this year, but all those Bama, like, defensive athletes, those are guys who are NFL-bound. So, I mean, you're playing with people who you will probably see in the next level as well. I mean, every single different – every single week they just talked about faceless opponents. That was one of their big things because – they didn't want to look at them and frame them as, you know, like that guy's going to be the next NFL. Like, sure. Star. You have yeah. to, I guess, when you're in the SEC. You can't just be Absolutely. getting afraid of every new first round draft pick because you're going to see a next one next Saturday, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Great. That was a big thing for them. They really emphasized on that. And I think that helped a lot with just maintaining the focus on them and really not focusing on who they're facing, rather how they're performing. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going up against several guys that are going to be playing NFL football next season. See you season, next year so. on Sundays. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, hey, you, know, you play in that conference, you're going to get a, a lot of great practice before you go strap it up and play on Sundays, Mondays, and sometimes on Thursdays. But Isaiah Spiller has a very well-rounded game, but every player that comes into the draft, they do have some flaws. So, what do you think um, is something that is a part of Isaiah Spiller's game that you think he could improve upon at the next level? I mean, just based solely on the 40 time, I know he was injured. I mean, obviously his speed was a factor that a lot of people were concerned with. Um, and just more of the fact that he wasn't such an explosive runner. He would have those, you know, longer carries when he, when he got open and he got the chance. But just in general, he wouldn't really – create space and just kind of find his way to the defenders. I think that's something that you can also improve on um, with time, just improving your speed and things like that. You know, his, his agility and things like that aren't, aren't to be questioned, but I definitely think that is a factor. So. Yeah. And getting in an NFL weight room and stuff like that, I'm sure is going to help that, but building off that, I mean, I think one of the things I kind of noticed too, is it did seem like his junior or last year, not his junior year, they had a lot of offensive linemen that left, right? They were all seniors. I think the only one that wasn't a senior was Kenyon Green. And so I think, I mean, part of that too is this year, it seemed like they did have a lot of new offensive starters on that offensive line. And he had to kind of create with what he had in front of him, right? Because, I mean, he's not uh, a 60 yards to the house kind of guy, but I mean, there's a lot of explosive type runs, big chunk runs kind of on his resume. 
Yeah, absolutely. He was he was working with a young offensive line and like you said, Kenyon Green was really the only returner and they were they were moving him around in every every spot. So I Kenyon will have a great career in the NFL. Um, but really he was that was his he didn't have much to work with. I mean, these were all unexperienced guys and like you said, these are guys that are facing the the Tyler Davises and the big time NFL bound athletes. So he yep. really just had to work with what he had. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's a, such a big thing in college football too, because there is that turnover, right? When you have all these new guys coming in and new faces. And I mean, that they did pretty good with the quarterback playing the offensive line that they had. I think they would probably sign up again for that season. Maybe college football playoffs, right? I'm guessing Kay would, would rather settle for that. But <laughs> let's do this. One of the most underrated parts of Isaiah's game to me is his ability as a pass catcher. And I think pass blocking is probably something or you know as pass protection is probably something he could probably work on as well you know blocking for the quarterback because now he's blocking for justin herbert so (laughs) you miss that block it's gonna get amplified a little bit but you talked about his flaws and yeah there's certain explosive parts of his game that who knows if he'll ever have it right but one of the things i think he has in spades more than most college running backs coming out is his ability to pass catch right i mean over 20 catches in each of his three seasons starting for texas a&m and it wasn't just that it was getting him in the open field and what he did with the ball in his hands and how impressed were you with just his well-rounded game not just being able to you know create in the middle and between the tackles in the muck but also being able to be such a good pass catcher and a reliable weapon in that receiving game yeah, absolutely. As y'all probably know, our starting quarterback, Haynes King, got injured. So Zach Calzado was kind of thrown in there with the fire. And he <laughs> would always just say that Spiller was one of his go-to guys because he knew he was open. He knew I could get a couple yards and, you know, he was just a reliable person. So I feel like that's also going to be a very necessary tool in the NFL just because he, he kind of faced that fire and adversity and having a brand new quarterback and having to make him comfortable and block. Totally. We we were down to you know, Calzada got hurt at one point, so you're dealing with the injured quarterback room that <laughs> that really makes you uncomfortable as a running back. So, just having those tools like already that he's developed at AM I think are huge and going to, are going to translate into his professional game. Yeah, it sounded like Isaiah Spiller was that kind of safety blanket for the quarterback. It was yeah. kind of that comfort level, that, that guy that they knew they could target him and go to him and that they were going to get some productive yards out of him. And every single quarterback needs that, whether it's a tight end, whether it's a wide receiver, whether it's a running back, you need a playmaker that you can trust. So adding another one of those to the Chargers offense, who already touts a lot of offensive firepower, is never a bad thing. But Texas A&M has been one of the best teams in college football over the last three years, and Isaiah Spiller has been leading the team in rushing yards all three seasons. How important do you think Isaiah was to that Aggies offense? He was absolutely huge, to put it in plain terms. I mean, <laughs> they they wouldn't have been able to do what they did without him. He was, I mean, Kellen Mond's go-to guy back when he was our quarterback. Haynes, whenever he was playing, and Calzada's go-to guy, like I said. I mean, he was just he's just a reliable, trustworthy player. And you know that when the ball's in his hands, you can he's going to fight for some yardage. He's not going to be scared. He's going to Love do that. what he needs to do to, to help his team. And I think that's something that's very rare to see nowadays there's a lot of self-obsessed guys and they're sure did that just want this this and this and he's just a guy that just wants to go out and play for his team and win 
So he's not worried about how many Instagram followers he has. Is that what you're telling me? I, based on my <laughs> personal experience with him, I guarantee that is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think he probably has a lot in common with Justin Herbert, right? He was asked, hey, what are you doing in the offseason, you know, for fun? He's like, yeah, I'll watch football film. And it's like, oh, okay, you're just a freak robot, man. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, never can have enough of those guys. And I mean, I think as Brandon Staley would call him, probably a football playing Jesse, if you were here with us right now. But Kay, Thank you so much for coming on and giving us some great information on Isaiah Spiller. We're very excited to see him play and have a big role for this really, really good Chargers team in 2022. And hopefully we'll have you back on the show to do a victory lap, you know, because Kay, if anyone missed it, said Isaiah Spiller is going to be the best running back in the league. So we all have that to look forward to. I'm just playing. But Kay, tell everyone where they can find you, you know, so they can see some of the great work you're doing for Texas A&M. Yeah, for sure. Uh, username is just K Nagley. My name, my last name can be a little complicated, but N A E G E L I. If you don't yes, see it, that is it. Yes, K Nagley on Instagram and Twitter. I'm on a lot of different social media as well. So go ahead and check me out on there. And as an AM fan and reporter, we are excited to see uh, what Spiller does with the Chargers. So yeah, and unlike Isaiah Spiller, K does care how many followers she has on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> so make sure you guys go follow her on there keep up with everything going on because i'm guessing they're going to have some more nfl prospects coming in very very soon but Kay, thank you so much for the time today we can't wait to have you back on again awesome thank y'all no problem at all and we get a y'all at the end of really south end into that <laughs> ah, i love it but coming up next we will be getting into what we expect from isaiah spiller going into his rookie season and talk about some of the best chargers rookie running back seasons of all time all right, David. Well, that was fun with Kay and Nagley. Definitely, especially thankful that she would come on and talk about Isaiah Spiller because we are excited about it. And I think with Isaiah Spiller, he has some expectations on him even as a rookie. And I think that's something that we wanted to talk about today because he's not like some of the other rookies that we've seen, right? Like Melvin Gordon or Ryan Matthews or LaDainian Tomlinson, guys that are brought in to be the workhorse guy. But in this scenario, David, you do know that this guy is going to have a role and i mean that role is kind of as as big as he can make it right like as well oh, as yeah. he does he can carve out a bigger and bigger role for himself because he is a very well-rounded running back like we were just talking about and i think he's the queer favorite to win that rb2 job but i think it's just how many touches he can get david as a rookie to wonder you know what to expect from him but i do think right now we both expect him to win that job and definitely help austin eckler out take a little bit less of the load and hopefully keep him healthy for the full season and man, has he, he been screaming about finally finding someone <laughs> that can get some of those carries to supplement when Austin Eckler needs a breather. I mean, we all know Austin Eckler is spectacular. One of the best athletes, one of the best football players in the NFL. He showed that last year with a 20-plus touchdown performance. But Austin Eckler isn't your typical, you know, bell cow running back. He's just not built that way. So there is definitely some carries out there that, Isaiah Spiller could gobble up if he is able to really solidify himself as that RB2, which I think we have a lot of confidence that he's going to be able to do. Uh, then, you know, he could really turn in a very, very exciting and competitive rookie season. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, he has a lot of the things that you look for. I mean, his pass protection, like I was talking about, needs to get much better. And I mean, that's yeah. been a struggle for any non Austin Eckler running back for yeah. the most part. I mean, there's a play where Josh Kelly, you know, totally missed one and got. Justin Herbert blown up. And now, like I said to Kay, like he's not protecting, you know, Texas A&M's backup quarterback. Now it's Justin Herbert out there. So we'll have to prodigal son. And like, that's one thing that NFL coaches 
more than anyone cares so much about, right? That's such oh, an yeah. important part of being in the NFL, especially when so much of your season depends on that one dude to stay out there. So like that is, I mean, if I were him, that would be the top of my list of things. Hey, I need to get this down because that's what's going to make them feel comfortable to have me on the field. Because if not, if they don't feel comfortable with me in pass protection situations, when I come on the field, everyone knows I'm either going to be running around or getting the football handed off to me, right? Those are the only yeah. two options. So when you're able to do all three of those things, now you're a multifaceted weapon, right? And you can't really guess on anything. And, you know, we're not just loading the box because Isaiah Spiller is in the game at this point. But the nice thing is he does have the hand, so he can definitely be that little leak-out guy that can catch the ball and make something happen after the catch. But I do think, David, with him, there's still a lot of expectations, especially from Chargers fans, right? So it got me to thinking what the best rookie running back season for the Chargers ever was, right? And obviously, I started with one name, and it was LaDainian Tomlinson. And spoiler alert, he ended up having the greatest Chargers rookie running back season of all time. And I'm guessing someone's going to come in the comments and tell me, you know, like there was this guy in 1975. Well, I went all the way back, looked at all the best Chargers running backs. This is the best season ever for a Chargers rookie running back. It was LT 2001, fifth overall pick. What does he do his first year? 1,236 yards, 10 touchdowns, 59 catches, 367 yards for a total of 1,603 yards from scrimmage, David. Like that dude just stepped onto the field and he was instantly one of the best running backs in the NFL. Well, not only that, but he had 339 carries in his rookie season. Like, that's crazy. And especially if yeah. you look at the number of carries that running backs get now, it's like you can't even fathom that a, a rookie's going to come in and immediately get that the lion's share of the carries right away. Normally, that's something that has to be earned. Uh-uh. LT showed up day one, said, I'm the man, and he proved it in his rookie season. Wow. I mean, how impressive is that to have – you know, 15, 1600 all purpose yards in your rookie year. I don't think it took very long for Fantasy anyone. Monster, dude. That's yeah, insane. I mean, 59 catches. Like, yeah, rookie year. I mean, and just like, dude, this guy's going to get that much better. And I think everyone that saw him play, it didn't take very long for them to figure out that this dude is going to be special. Yeah, and I mean, I think if you're looking for like dark horse best rookie running back seasons, there's one name that popped up to me that I would not have guessed, and it was Paul Lowe. And the season was in 1960, a.k.a. the Chargers inaugural season. They were actually the L.A. Chargers at that point. It was the year before they moved to San Diego. All Paul Lowe did coming in was 855 yards his rookie season on 6.3 yards per carry with nine touchdowns all in 14 games because the season wasn't as long. And then get this, 23 catches for 377 yards. That's 16.7 <laughs> yards per catch. Like, no Chargers That's receiver Mike Williams. That. That's Mike Williams. That was better than Mike Williams had last season. Yeah, like that. Mike Williams had the 120 yards per catch yeah. season on just the Phil Rivers jump ball season. But right. like to average almost 17 yards per catch as a running back when you're That's probably doing ridiculous. a lot of that yourself. <laughs> different time, different era, all of that. Sure. Paulo definitely deserves a shout out in this conversation. No doubt. And gets mentioned, I mean, in the context of, you know, I think that Isaiah Spiller could have a top 10 Chargers rookie running back season because, I mean, oh, yeah. you go back and you look at it, right? Guys like Chuck Muncie didn't start with the Chargers. So even right. though he's one of the better Chargers running backs, he doesn't apply here, right? Then you go to someone like Darren Sproles. He was basically just a return man his rookie season. Austin yeah. Eckler was an afterthought mostly his rookie season. You have Michael Turner, obviously, a backup. You know, guys like that, some of the better ones in the last 25 years. Then you start looking at, you know, Ryan Matthews. 158 carries. 
678 yards, seven touchdowns, solid season, 823 yards of total offense. Did get hurt, of course, didn't play the whole season. Natro Means, 645 yards, eight touchdowns. Marion Butts, 1989, 683 yards, nine touchdowns. All of those guys average four yards per carry, by the way. Just uh, exactly. So that's always uh, fun. But I I think you could have a more efficient season than those guys. Um, but I think like – and those are like all in the top ten of, you know, Chargers rookie running back seasons. And then you have Melvin Gordon, right, who was underperformed that year, 641 yards, zero touchdowns. Do you remember that? Yeah. When Melvin Gordon just could not score a touchdown yeah, his rookie was- season. I, I, I couldn't understand what was going on because everything else that he was doing looked like it was supposed to happen. And like he was making yeah. good plays. He just could not get in the end zone. It's just insane. Yeah. I mean, he was fine. Like, I think the thing with him, obviously, I'm seeing it, in, you know, hindsight's 2020 and all of sure. those things. But like, I don't even, I don't think he even averaged four yards a carry. So like, he struggled coming in behind a bad offensive line for the Chargers. Yeah. But, did have 33 catches, right? Did put up almost 900 total yards of offense. So, I mean, that's not a terrible season by any means, especially when you look at, you know, what some of the other guys are doing nowadays when it's more of a running back by committee thing. But I think as much as him and what his role is going to be is probably going to limit him from not, you know, having one of the greatest, you know, top five rookie running back seasons for the Chargers because I don't think he's going to have enough carries to do that. If you look at last year, right, 137 carries went to either Larry Roundtree, Josh Kelly, or uh, Justin Jackson is the the third one. If you take just those three guys, it was 137 carries. So even if he got all of those carries, right, it'd still be hard to put up the numbers that these guys are doing on 160, 158 carries and, and, you know, numbers like that. But I think the other part of that is, is, I don't think he's necessarily going to get all of those carries, right? I think there's going to be a third guy, whoever that is, that's, you know, TBD at this point. But I do think Austin Eckler is going to have less carries, right? Yeah. So I think it's going to ta- actually take some of those carries away from Austin Eckler because there were just too many times, David, during the season where they just didn't trust the next dude up. Justin Jackson was in and How out of the they? lineup. Yeah. I mean, they should, they couldn't, and it was the right move not to, right? Yeah. But, you just, especially with Austin Eckler, with his frame, which is maxed out as possible, right? The Very dude, much so. <laughs> like, it's just, and, and David said, you know, he's not built for it, but like, no running back is, right? Like, no. even like Derrick Henry, look what's happened to him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no running back should take that full. No one is that's why you, Well, and that's why you see so many of these teams going to more of a committee approach because it's just right. not feasible to give these guys 400 carries every right. year, right? No right. guy's ready for that. But, I do think, David, he is going to take some of those away, and that's exactly what the Chargers want. But, like, I don't think there's any reason he can't have a top 10 rookie running back season, right? Whether that's 500 rushing yards, 250 receiving yards, you know, six, seven touchdowns. Like, those numbers don't seem out of the question to me, especially because it's like I know what the competition is, at least how I see it right now that he's going up against, which just seems like it's a very clear runway to playing time for him. Definitely, and I think another thing you have to keep in mind is the Chargers defense, by all accounts, is going to be exponentially better this season. So that means that they should be able to hold a lead, and the Chargers might be sitting on a bigger lead, which they might be running the football a lot more to be killing clock. So I definitely can see a scenario where that, 
uh, also coupled with Justin Herbert not throwing the football nearly as much, could equal Isaiah Spiller having a very, very good rookie season, a very efficient rookie season. I don't think he's going to have, you know, 750, 800 yards. I, I think that's probably a little bit too much to uh, anticipate with all the other weapons that the Chargers have and obviously with Austin Eckler getting his carries as well. But I think you can definitely see a very highly efficient season and something that hopefully helps keep Austin Eckler healthy all season long as well. Well, I think the tough thing is, is like if he's putting up really good numbers, it probably means Austin Eckler's hurt, right? Because it's like right. the Chargers are going to use him as much as possible. They don't really need sure. to use him as a straight up receiver. Yeah, and they could go to two more two running backs that's in the backfield. But for the most part, I mean, Austin Eckler is going to be the main guy, and Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller is going to be the guy that they tried to give all those carries to everyone else to last season, right? right? And because they there were certain drives where Austin Eckler just wasn't on the field to start the drive, right? So they were committed. Yeah to that approach even when they didn't have the guys you just hope it translates i mean that's all you can hope for because he's not the most athletic guy i mean he has a lot of you know reasons and tools that made him one of the best running backs in college football and he did it against a lot of really good players and i think even though i don't know if he's going to ever be the best running back in the league or even necessarily the best running back on the chargers we'll see what happens down the road with austin Eckler and stuff like that he can be a really really good rb2 to me and i think that's really all you need especially for the Chargers to revamp a rushing attack that was pretty lackluster, right? Pretty mid yeah. last year. I mean, honestly, there wasn't a strength of theirs besides going behind those three dudes on the left side. But glad that you guys checked in on the show today. Glad to get some new information on Isaiah Spiller. We're all very excited to see him play amongst all of the other new additions to the Chargers. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Another special thank you to Kay Nagler, who came on the show and really crushed it for us and, and didn't have to do that. And I really appreciate her doing that. Kay Nagley. I should say, and for the co-head sports editor for Battalion Sports, the independent student voice of Texas A&M since 1893. Really liked having her on the show today, and we'll continue to try and do that for some of the Chargers' other rookies. But, of course, we will be back with you guys tomorrow. We will be going to our off-season schedule soon. We didn't do a show yesterday because of Memorial Day to take a day. You know, remember all of the veterans that serve this country and appreciate that. So thank you to everyone for being understanding there. But to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. You can also call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And if you guys can't find the show, we post the show to all of our social media every day. So you can find the show on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can find us on Instagram at Locked On Chargers, and you can find us on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But thank you guys for checking in on today's show. We very much appreciate it, and thank you for making us your first listen. If you guys need a second listen, you guys can always check out the Locked On Today show where you're getting everything, the biggest takes and reactions from every day and the biggest game recaps. But make sure we're always your first listen because we're the most important ones. But make sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcast from as well. We very much appreciate that. And we will be back with you guys tomorrow. As always, until then, take it easy and go Bolts.